Welcome to The Fourth Watch. As the world is falling apart, the church should be coming together, but we have to wake up first. Biblical prophecy is unfolding and we keep looking for a new normal. The enemy is parading in broad daylight, we keep changing the channel. The media keeps saying look left when the real activity is happening to the right. 2020 caught everyone off guard, which leads to one very important viewpoint. Every demonic influence running rampant in America right now had to go through the church to get here. It's time we changed our focus and our footing. No more excuses, no more racial divide, no more ignorance, and no more country club church. The enemy feels like he's on a winning streak, but we're here to remind him and you of our biblical and American heritage. We serve the Lord of Angel Armies, and we thrive when our backs are against the wall. The goal of the fourth watch is clear, to equip you with a biblical foundation as it relates to spiritual warfare. You don't need to be a pastor or a teacher to recognize what's happening, and the Bible is filled with references to the last days. History isn't repeating, it's setting the stage. One of our generations has to be the last, and no one is coming to save us but God. So how do we see things as He intended? How do we see the enemy at work in our daily lives? How do we respond to demonic attacks against ourselves and our family? How do we identify the deceivers masquerading as politicians, celebrities, influencers, and even pastors? And more importantly, how do we bring revival when most Christians are focused on culture over kingdom? The fourth watch is from 3 to 6 a.m. daily, the darkest hours before the dawn. It's when Abraham raised his dagger, when Jacob wrestled with God, when Peter stepped onto the water, and when Jesus arose the third day. Now, the fourth watch is our effort to show you how spiritual warfare isn't just real, it's raging. And whether you choose to see it or not, every single one of us has a role to play. Journey with us as we search the word, discuss current events, put our faith into action, and use ourselves as an example along the way. Welcome to Spiritual Warfare for the Masses. Welcome to the fourth watch. This is a uh, unique discussion. So first and foremost, I want to uh, I want to say thank you to everyone that came. Thank you to John Fowler, Security Gun Club, for hosting. Uh, this is the, the first event, uh, Jesus and Beers. And we'll get into like, the what and the why and the how and all that stuff. But first and foremost, Dave, you want to leave us in a prayer? Yeah, I'm happy to. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you uh, that it's here, that your word says where two or more are gathered, there you are in our midst. And God, we thank you that you love men and you made men and you made Adam first, God. And from the clay, you formed him, God, and you breathed a breath into him, Lord, and you gave him life, God. Would you do that today? Would you breathe into us, Lord? Would you give us new life, Lord? Would you fill us with your presence in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. I, uh, all right, so I'm going to just hit it with a, hopefully the 60 second intro into what Jesus and Beers is. Five years ago, I'm sitting in a trailer in California desert in August, 115 outside, 108 inside, and AC busted. We're dirt biking. It's a pastor friend. It's uh, another guy that was on the security team and myself. And so basically, as I saw it, right, so the pastor above had me in the middle, just kind of poking the bears and talking trash. And then you had, had a, you know, at Chris on, on, on the lower end. And, and what we did though is, you know, we shot a lot. We probably went through, I think total was like 4,000 rounds mm-hmm. by the time in three days. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of shooting, <laughs> funniest pictures ever. Um, but what happened was I realized something. I realized that in three days we had cut the fat and we had actually gotten to the heart of a lot, a lot of things that were happening individually. We talked corporately, we talked about like the church at large, what was going on. And it was actually cool because it wasn't like a bitch session. It wasn't like I'm gonna vent and just like crap on the pastor. It was like, we got to hear from him and mm-hmm. right and ask him questions. 
And we'd been guarding this guy, you know, for years. And so all of a sudden it's like, okay, so if we were willing to lay down our life as security volunteers so that your mission could continue, right? What do you do with us? Like, no, we're, this is, this is brotherhood. And so it went from that to at my house. I hosted a couple of gatherings where I actually had pastors and security myself. We just basically, I'd cook a bunch of, you know, tri-tip and, and, and other things and actually would sit and stand around my kitchen island. It's 42 inches tall. We'd stand around and just drink my scotch collection, which, the, which is actually gone. Bye-bye. Um, but we did that and we, we actually, five hour conversations would go by. And so what, what happened was the veil was gone. There was no veil. There shouldn't have been a veil, right? There's a reason why the veil was torn from top to bottom. Mm. And so what's happened though is in my background and coming in from my father being a pastor and, and growing up around you know, with the professional church, the corporate church, um, since I was a young child, I had no taste for it and no appetite for it. Mm. It wasn't say it didn't have its place. There's a church, ecclesia is one thing, but the corporate church as well, there's every person of every type of faith that needs an entry point, needs, needs a processing facility, it needs a you know, you know, place, a place to, to hewn yourself and sharpen yourself amongst other people. And then what I just realized was pageantry. Mm-hmm. It was a perception of a thing, not the reality of a thing, mm-hmm. a lot of showmanship. And again, like, I don't, I don't believe the church should have ever become a business. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it did. So we're here. I also believe that the church as a business is part of the book of Revelation being read out loud. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disgruntled by it. I'm not angry. Like, there's no stupidest thing I've ever heard, church hurt. What is that? Like, what kind of victim-based- Right, right, like, thing. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like the wokeism has like entered in. So long story short is, this was my hope. There is no veil, right? There's, there's just a bunch of dudes at the end of the day, right? Church should not just be the four walls. Shouldn't just, church shouldn't just be on Sunday. It's wherever you go, two or more. Like, what are you doing? What are you mm-hmm, discussing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So last de- decades, right? Since the 70s, 60s, we've been filling coliseums, right? Idolizing everything else up and down. And what are we doing now? We're lost. Right. That, like, the, the men are gone. The men are not around to defend the faith, the house mm. worship, the family, fatherhood, right? Anything. And so now I, I joked around about it in the shooting bay, but you've got 12 million something-ish gun owners, brand new gun owners that are women mm-hmm. over the last two years mm-hmm. to the point that women now even have to defend themselves physically because by virtue of a you know thousand different cuts, the men aren't there. Yeah, mm-hmm. vacuum. Mm-hmm. But we're right here, right? So physically, we exist. Where are we mentally, emotionally? Which your feelings will betray you. It's a whole separate thing. Where are we spiritually? This is why this has to matter. This is why this has to happen. This is why, like, we need so we're in, in all of our relationships, right? It needs to be someone above us, right? Someone below us. Not that we're looking down on, but like we need to be able to like hash out some things at a higher pay grade and at a at a respectable pay grade because honestly, we need to be balanced. Mm-hmm. If we get too much here, we're too lot, you know, high on our own supply. If we're too here, we're we're lost in the in the grass and the Weak. weeds, right? Yeah. So can we be in the throes of all of this? And so, gentlemen, I'm grateful. I'm gonna give you a second to introduce yourself, but first and foremost, I just want to extend my thanks because this has been a it's been something that's heavy on my heart. And honestly, mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to do this at other churches. I even joked around saying like, you know, I won't besmirch the good name of the church. We'll do it in the parking lot, right? You know, <laughs> little seedy. They're like, ah, but it's our parking lot. <laughs> 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 somebody else, this is good. I, I respect it. So first and foremost, I praise God. The church has come this far, lasted mm-hmm. this long. It's brought us all here. Mm-hmm. And my, my sincere hope is that every man came in a certain way, but. I truly hope that by the time we're done, we're going to be sharpened and we're going to actually leave different men. Mm. Um, I think it's time. 
And I think honestly, if we don't step forward, like I said, the book of Revelation, I believe is being read out loud. And that leads us to, you know, really the theme, right? Revelation 1, 6, Jesus, his words are, are calling us kings and priests, right? So what, what, is, what, is, what is by virtue of all these different things, what's happened, right? Manhood and priesthood. We actually thrive and we push and, and we, we drive at our manhood. We are not driving at our priesthood, which means, right, we're not spiritual. Mm-hmm. And not like vibey spiritual, right? Like I want to hunt down vibe and like take out its teeth and make a necklace. Like I don't get vibes, <laughs> right? What's spiritual? What is mm-hmm. spirit? The Holy Spirit is alive and well and active. Are we pursuing that? So that's, that's just it. So if we are called kings and, you know, kings and priests, um, the idea is at a time when kings went off to war, and I'm going to say this and then I'll, I'll start passing the mic, but the Bible lays out an annual cycle of war for God-fearing men, for his men. Mm-hmm. They met in Rosh Hashanah. They met in Jerusalem, Rosh Hashanah. The kings gathered together and their, their closest allies. And they did what? They prepared, they planned, right? Provision, training, right? They, they knew what they were going to have to do and, and put together until the next year. And then when springtime came, at a time when kings went off to war. Mm-hmm. And where did, where did David find himself? Not at war. That, so that phrase is ingrained forever in our spiritual, you know, our spiritual yeah. man. Yeah. And so what have we done? We haven't been at war. And so I'm not saying we need to be like super Christian warrior, go to warrior camps. <laughs> it's like, listen, if you're a Christian, you're at war. You're, right. you're already born right. behind right. enemy lines. Right, mm-hmm. right. So my hope for this is for every man to leave here, again, sharper, stronger, better than he was when he came in. But you're a king and a priest. And this is a time when kings have to gather and prepare because listen, I, I'm not trying to be prophetic. I'm not trying to tell you, you know, a, a line that you know is based off fear of conspiracy. But what's coming is coming for all of us. Mm-hmm. So is the church gonna enter the season ahead on its feet or on its knees? Mm-hmm. That's up to us. That's good. That's all I got. Good. Woo! You know, my church happens to be called King's Church. <laughs> Serendipitously. Um, literally, the little K, that's the idea. It's not the King's Church, God as the King. Every other church, King's Church actually is called like God as the King, but the idea was that we have a duty to be kings and priests. It actually starts, the promise starts in Exodus, and then it's repeated a couple of times in Revelation. And the founding of the United States of America was this idea that there was a combination of priests and kings, and that's what made a righteous nation. The idea was that the citizens were the kings, that they were the sovereigns. That's why our constitution starts, we the people. And that the, the pastors were the priests that counseled the kings, the counselors to the kings. And if you had that combination that was rightly ordered, then you would have a righteous society. And so, um, you know, the Scots came out with this, a philosophy called Rex Lex and Lex Rex. Rex Lex was the idea that king was above law. And they said, this is not God's idea. God's idea is that the kings subject themselves to God's law, to his order. That's how we start doing it right, is when we, we're, like, we're super off track, we have to look back at God's law and say, how does this work? And so Rutherford wrote this thing, Lex Rex, that Lex was on top and the king was submitted to the law because it was God's divine mandate. And David doesn't do that. First Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 11. It says this, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It says he's up on his roof, but it says he gets off his couch and then goes out <laughs> and looks. 
So it's like he's not only not at war, he's on a couch. I think we're supposed to have stools here or something. <laughs> I'm joking. But, you know, it's like the yeah. idea was like it's like rest on top of rest. It's like comfort on top of not only are you not at war, but you're laying on your couch. Mm. And that's, that's the caricature of the modern father. The guy that's attached, you know, surgically to his couch, Mm. surgically. He's living vicariously uh, uh, through the adventure of others, the pretend adventure of others. And he's attached to his couch. And that brings absolute chaos to the kingdom of Israel. Well, I think that's also where, like, look at the modern equivalent, right? We've normalized kids staring at screens. And so Uh it's okay if daddy stares at a screen, too. Like, Mm. no, none of it's okay. Yes. We're realizing that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I have, a, I have a theory about that, but just a, in part, like in the 1950s, we all decided nationally, and if you look at, like, oh, people always talk about the 60s being the downturning of the United States. You hear that in churches all the time, mm-hmm. but it doesn't start in the 60s. It starts before that. You just don't jump oh, off on. the cliff. That's oh, not on. how it works. The summer of love in 1969 and all the insanity didn't just start in 1969, but in the 1950s, television proliferated in households. Secular messaging, the priests got removed from the home, mm-hmm. and the moral lawgiver became a secular agent agent that was representing how the world works and we still live in a culture in a country today where most people that are quadruple masked are living that way because a secular lawgiver has been telling them how the world works and it's no longer a priest that counsels a king it's guys that are surgically attached to their couches well i think that's kind of that's the issue man like where does the guy that's you know I don't know, like in my life, I've really been blessed, you know, like my father's been with me, you know, I've had an out-of-body experience and, you know, like he walked me through Iraq and like multiple IEDs and I have all this, all these things. I think the the place where I want to just say, come on, man, stop asking for permission, which that might just be the answer is just, I feel like we need to give these guys a place to start, you know, um, a place to really start to realize it. I think what our world needs is masculine love, you know? And I, I, I look out at the world and it's like, man, how much is too much, you know? And the answer is as much as they can take, you know, it's as much as they can take from us before we actually stand up in like a spirit of love and say, hey, I'm a warrior and nothing, you're not gonna have access to anything else behind me. You're not gonna have influence in my home I will piss my wife off if I have to and all of her friends because in my house, this is not what's going to happen. And you know what? I'm accountable to God for that, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like, you know, there's just no stinking shortcuts because that's what masculinity is about. You know, these rite of passages you see in the past where it's like, you go get taken away from the the environment that you were raised in where your mommy tells you you're special because that's her job. And then you go out with the men and everything starts to become performance driven. You've got to survive an ordeal. You got to survive on a little bit of food, water, shelter. You got to kill a lion. You got to kill a wolf. You got to do these things so that you have some individual capital. So that like even God has something to work with when he gives you an order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he says, go do this, there's something for you to dig deep and find to go do it because it's going to be hard you know? Um, and I feel like we as men have to realize that we are going to have to fight an uphill battle, but 
our father rides to war with us and we need to stop asking permission from people around us because it's literally our job if i got to tell my daughter to go back inside and put some longer pants on that's exactly what i'm gonna do and she gonna be mad and be like hey it's an honor (laughs) (laughs) but i love you you know i love you you know so i I think you know and especially you know with me i always try to give a you know it's not about the macho thing it's not about how tough you are it's about the power that you draw from your heavenly father and the spirit of love causing you to give masculine love which is discipline but that means you've got to have discipline in your life which is setting standards but that mm-hmm. means you've got to have standards in your mm-hmm. life and 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 which is challenging people to, to rise higher which is hey i love you but that's not good enough i know you can do better but you got to have that stuff first you know so i think it comes right back to where we're looking at david and we're like yo david man <laughs> you know like you got to do these things for yourself otherwise we're like a ship without a rudder you know Maybe. I, I mean, all, all I keep thinking, though, is, and this all comes back, and it's the same stuff as yeah. identity, 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 identity. Yeah, identity. Because, and, and I think we get lost with this so often, and I, I, I'm going to first state that I am a patriot. I am a mm. full-blooded patriot, but I am a son of God first. And I believe that often we get lost and forget that the destruction that we are feeling today is not even the last 50, 60 years, it's not the last 100 years. This has been the the agenda of the enemy since Genesis. I mean, yeah. since before that. The Nephilim agenda has been at work constantly. And I think we, we screwed that up when the formation of our constitution, because we had strong men that knew who they were mm. in their identity in Christ. Mm. And so they stood up for something. And so we slowed this agenda. And slowly it's been eroding because the enemy works lies into our minds as mm. men because he doesn't have to do anything else. Mm. He doesn't have to attack. We, we get lost in these symptomatic problems, wanting mm. to solve healthcare and education and politics mm. and all these things, when in reality, those are just symptomatic problems of men that lost their identity and allowed for an opportunity for the, the enemy to come in and, and take over. Mm. And I think that that's what we have to get back to is we can't even stand up in the way and own these right. things that we have been given as opportunities and tools until we know who we are. Right. And I know some of us have talked about this, but this is, this is because we have believed the lie for so long that we're either not worthy or I can't do that because of this or yeah. whatever it is. And, and, and I, I remember the awakening for me, I, I, am, I am the walking embodiment of grace because of legacy yeah. that my father's father made a decision mm. to follow Christ. Mm. And now I get to, to live in that. that but I, I remember years ago going to a men's conference with 2,500 men. And they said, if you have wounds from your father, I want you to come forward. And 80% of the room walked forward. And I, I, I was heartbroken. I didn't know how mm. to process that because that, that wasn't me. And I realized this is what we are living in because men have been wounded and lost their identity. And I, I, I believe that is what we're stepping into now mm-hmm. is we have to take hold of our identity in Christ so that we can then start to get to work in the call that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And I believe all of that plays into this. I think I, and this is, it's not like a pat me on the back. So I had an absentee father, right? Pentecostal pastor, music yeah. minister, right? So he was in the throes of like trying to build a church. Like he's so focused on this church. Like I never had, I didn't have daddy issues. And it, cause that's really like, we can call it like masculine wounds, yeah. right? It's daddy issues. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to knock it, right? I just, I need to simplify it and correlate it back to what has it historically been called. Mm. And so everyone's got 
some story. Everyone's got some sort of like thing with a thing, right? I just, it's, it's been, it's become to me the danger of identifying as that problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, how do we all of a sudden start identifying at scale as these, as these things? And that's why I feel like our feelings have betrayed us to such a degree subversively. Mm-hmm. And we've been told to foster these feelings, foster them. Yeah, just, they're so important. Oh, it's, oh, it's so, the victim of the year, you yeah. know? And, and all of a sudden, like what yeah. happens, right? So you had a, you had a guest on your podcast, mm-hmm. one guy, and I, I memorized this and you can correct me if I'm wrong because mm-hmm. you know, it's me, my brain. <laughs> so he basically said the stages of society, right? You have a, a warrior based, nomadic based society, right? Yeah. So, so nomadic warriors, right? You have to be fit, top of the food game. Yep. Like this is, your survival, but it's also your kingship, okay? Mm-hmm. So then it goes to a, you know, uh, a civil, uh, almost like a dignitary or dignified-based society where all of a sudden you actually get respect because of what you've done in the past, mm-hmm. right? And then it goes to just a mutual respect society, right? So everyone just has mm-hmm. uniform dignity. You're alive, you're given rights, everyone respects you. Then mm-hmm. it goes to a victim-based society and it goes to an uber victim where everyone's trying to out-victimize, mm-hmm. you know, that's their story, that's their nature. And so guess what happens? Reset. Yeah. Warrior 100%. class reemerges. Yep. And what because what happens? Society falls. Right. Because it's untenable. Because all of a sudden you're left with it without justice. Right. And this without is what always it's what kills me about Isaiah 59. And this is why it's been like one of the driving chapters of, of my entire life, right? The Lord looked and saw that there was no man, and he wondered why there was no intercessor. Hmm. It enumerates a bunch of things that he does. And then what does he ultimately do? He puts on the cloak of vengeance. I'm sorry, like what, anytime the Bible uses very specific, you know, words, vernacular, and it chooses the words vengeance and God in the same sentence, it, it's not going to go. It's going to go horrible. <laughs> and so I, and so I see these We're things, right? So it's like we've allowed daddy issues and mommy issues, and we haven't risen to these things. And all of a sudden society finds out that it caters to these things and these mm-hmm. thoughts, and we have to resolve it, right? There has to be resolution. And what's the only resolution? Honestly, as far as the season that we're in, kings and priests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all of a sudden has to override because you're not going to resolve certain wounds. You're not going to mm-hmm. have closure. You're not going to get something. So, you know, talk about the, the, you know, the, the degree within the group, right? Mm. Psychologically, if the closure is not coming and you don't seize hold of Jesus and his grace and what he has to offer, what do you do? <laughs> you're in the throes you of You got to fight right? wounded. I mean, you, but the, you got to fight. You got to fight wounded, you know, like. I feel like um, that's like part of the thing. Like, I feel like, and, and I agree with you 100%, you know what I mean? But like, this is the game, man. Like, you're always going to have an issue, man. You're always going to have something you're challenged with. There is not a dude in this room that ain't fighting something. Let You know, that, you know, there's just not. And so we have to learn how to use our tools, no matter what our excuses are, no matter what they're trying to tell us our excuses are, like no matter what they're trying to tell us our identity. I mean, the, the battle for identity right now is so huge. I, I Googled uh, man and male the other day, and there's Oxford Dictionary in there. Uh, and the definition was like a uh, term used for people irrespective of sex and age. And I was like, these guys are, it's horrible. But the quality of a society is is so much dictated by the quality of its of its males, like the quality of what they believe it is to be a fully developed male and to serve from that place. And so, man, that identity piece is huge. But I think that fighting wounded is like just part of this game. And you know what happens? You stink and heal up on the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You right. heal up right. on the move, man. And and that, yeah. You know, we even got ahead of ourselves. Yeah. 
name, occupation. I was going to say that. I, I forgot. Uh, my name is David Englehart. I'm uh, in New York City. I'm a pastor. Um, and I have a law practice as well. I do federal litigation and uh, some business transactional stuff. I speak a little bit um, about kind of the cross-section of politic and and our faith, which fundamentally should be for the believer that the Bible informs every part of your life. Mm. There's no part where you don't get your marching orders from it. Um, bad theologians uh, have, have told us that there's some kind of separation between politics and religion. It's nonsense, it's lie from hell. Uh, Jesus talks about everything and so do we. So um, sometimes it gets us in trouble and we're happy when it does. <laughs> Outstanding. If you um, if you had something to say to your kids twenty years from now, right? So you're here tonight. You see where everything's headed. You see that men are not on the field, dressed and ready, and clothed with Christ. And, you know, picture your kids twenty years from now. What are you saying to them? You know, I there's a there's a, there's a um, scripture in the new testament that says if our conscience does not condemn us basically it's a, it's, a, it's talking about standing before god and i think most guys walk around with a condemned conscience and so they don't want to talk to god they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to face god hmm. I, I would tell my kids i'd say live honorably that's what i would say to them i'd say be honorable because i don't care what they do i don't care if they're rich or poor and and i don't know how god's going to use them because there's an there's an there's an element of god's sovereignty in the calling but if they if they're if they walk in honor um then they'll represent god well they'll represent their name well the ecclesiastes says um better better is the the, the day of a man's death than his birth so first before that it says uh, a, a name is better than treasure and then it says it's better the uh, the day of a man's de uh, death and his birth because you don't know if his name was good until, until his that. death yeah and uh, that's what that's my my what i want for my sons is to have great names that's what i want and if their names are great in a town of 600 people right. so be it and god bless it if their if their names are great in the nation so be it and god bless it but that they that they're men of honor Character is the only thing that you take with you when you die. Your character before God, by the way, not before man. Mm -hmm. Aristotle says the magnanimous man receives honor from other men or reward or trophies from other men, but he doesn't want them or need them mm -hmm. because he's, he's fundamentally driven inside to be honorable before God. And so the reward doesn't matter. He gets it because he is honorable, but he doesn't care about it. Yeah. And that's incredible because there's like guys that enter the church they're starting to get the God thing right. And they're like, man, if I could just get a trophy for this. Because when we're kids, we want trophies. We want mm -hmm. validation from dad. We want this kind of stuff. But when you, when you get past that level, you say, I'm doing it before God alone. If no one sees it and I die, so be it. Mm -hmm. More glorious, as a matter of fact, yeah. if Amen. no one sees it. Yeah. That's, um, there are things that are written in heaven. Honestly, it doesn't matter if they're written here. Yep. Everything, everything that's written here is going to be washed away anyways. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is like, that's, that becomes ethos, that becomes code. Mm -hmm. And so um, from a legacy perspective, that's exactly what you want to pass mm -hmm. down. <sighs> Byron Rogers. <laughs> um, well, my background is I'm more, you know, not a pastor. Um, I'm a veteran. Um, Iraq twice, um, you know, near-death experience, got to pray, got a second chance on life. So 
I um, second, third, fourth chance on life. So I live life really from the space that I absolutely will not let the grace that's been given to me be in vain. And that is like a stinking superpower, man. That's really what I lean into. Um, I've been a professional protector for about, you know, the last 15 years. I've operated in over 60 different countries. Most of that work's been in uh, the body of Christ, protecting, you know, evangelists and, and pastors and Christians. I've seen the inside of thousands of churches and gotten to realize, you know, see the real and the business of it all. Um, you know, got a few podcasts and things like that. But, you know, growing up in church, I just didn't see a lot of real men I could look up to, you know? And so I think, and I see the hole, the void, the chink in our armor and like the vulnerability that it leaves in the body of Christ, you know, that when we are literally, we are the, 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 the roof on the house, you know? Um, and I grew up in a house without a father, you know, and I looked for masculine leadership in my church, you know, and I found a lot of nice guys, but that just wasn't the brand. That wasn't what I needed. That wasn't my path. That wasn't where I was going. And so I've always really had a heart for seeing men, real men in church. There's nothing wrong with being a nice guy. Mm, maybe there is, but, <laughs> you know, we should be nice guys, you know. Hey, I need guys with ears, ear necklaces are some of the nicest guys, you know. There's, that's a sign of actual. All day long. The nicest guys, you know. <laughs> you would never think, you'd bump into them in Albertsons and like, you know, yeah, tell them, yeah, but you'd have no idea what these men have done, you know. But, you know, I, I, I believe there's, there's some strong, powerful masculinity that we we desperately need. And so that's really why I'm here. And I, I think my service to the body of Christ at this time um, might not be a pastoral one, but might be more of uh, the warrior calling. So one of the other companies that I do, one of the other things I do is I train protectors. I believe protectors are the white blood cells in the body of humanity. And so my my goal, you know, what I believe God's got me here to do is make the world a safer place by making good people more dangerous. And Come so that's on. what I live Come for, man, on. you know? So, you know, we have huge that. training events and we stink and get after it, man. But to answer your question, man, I was thinking about this 20, this 20 years from now, what I tell my kids, man, I, I, I honestly would tell them, um, you know, whenever I die, I just want the world to see what one imperfect man can do if he just gives his best on the altar, you know? Uh, that what his heavenly father can do with one imperfect, dude, man, like that's what I wanted to see. And so I would tell, I tell my kids, go, yeah. like go, know that you're loved. And that if you just know that if you've got God with you and it, you're loved and go, and no matter what, you know, let him perfect you on the stinking path. You know, don't accept other people's judgments. Look in the mirror, be harder on yourself than anyone else can be on you, you know, and, but just know that you're loved, you're supported and you're perfected as you take action on faith, like faith without works is dead. It's impossible to please a father without faith. You got to get into action and you will learn and become by the grace of God. Like just don't have fear, you know, fear letting this life that's been given to you be in vain because it's a stinking miracle. By the way, so the room knows he's a girl dad. <laughs> so, so that's not like that's not like a message to just like a young you know yeah, Byron yeah, that's, a, that's about to murder everyone you know just, <laughs> just murk everyone. <sighs> All right, congratulations. Yeah, oh, thanks. Brand new boy dad. Yeah, let's go. Come on. 
a little more testosterone, a little more godly testosterone. Thank God. In the world. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Kenny Stivers uh, have been girl dad for six years and finally got the blessing of new title of, of boy dad six days ago. Six days wow. ago. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't have a podcast. I wasn't, wasn't military. <laughs> but uh, also blessed by the grace of God. I mentioned that a little bit. But um, marketplace, uh, I've grown up a believer. I feel like I've been blessed to get my eyes opened in the last few years to, to the true battle that we're in. Mm. And uh, I have the privilege of getting to, to lead our men at Hope Village Church, getting to be part of a, a local church here that is awakened and speaking truth and not living in any sort of fear of what the world is telling us to, to believe and preach, which is a blessing in itself, especially in this region. Um, and, and getting to actually understand the impact of what the marketplace is going to play in this next season of where we're headed. Um, uh, I mean, as a country, but definitely in the world uh, that, that I believe this next wave of how we are going to take territory back that has been given up for so long is going to take uh, place in the marketplace, specifically get to be part of uh, the blockchain world and, and what's taking place uh, on the digital front and uh, where we're headed. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm in a class of, of warriors right now. So right. No, no, honestly, what's cool about like just what I've seen, like God's hand is on you and it's like, you're, you're embarking to build a men's ministry at a church, right? That's still like a pop-up church, but still like it's got teeth, it's got, you know, people, it's got, it's got foundation, you know, of souls underneath it. And honestly, like you're in the most target-rich environment in all of human history. It's true. So like throughout the course of this, my hope is that you'll be speaking to your equivalents, mm. you know, those that are actually also on the front lines and also for the men, like what do the men have to look forward to by going? Yeah. to see Kenny Stivers, right? What's that experience could be like? And, and this isn't gonna be like, hey, it's an expose on Kenny. It's like, they're just gonna brush up against you. And that's it's the idea is that the spirit that's on you is gonna be, you know, it needs to be on other men leading. I have a theory, by the way, right? <laughs> by the way. By the way. Just, just one <laughs> Let me of just many. drop this on you real quick. <laughs> right, so, so, so the youth leaders, need to be the baddest dude at church yeah man i'm down please i'm down please the baddest. let's, I mean, let's I mean, awaken alpha. some new youth leaders we, we, please we, God. we need to get like the pugil sticks out and like the dads <laughs> need to like have a, have a go at you like all right all right young man let's go that would minister bro that would get it done <laughs> right. you, you want to you want to hurt you kind of like you know force out the weakness yeah. of, of it. Uh -huh. why because what are our youth walking into yeah. yeah, the most target-rich environment of yeah. all you know mm -hmm. demonic activity that we could possibly find, and, and so you don't even have youth that know like rebuke it, mm -hmm. rebuke what? Yeah, what do I? What? They're not spiritual, right? And the world is just as happy as it can be, and like not let them be spiritual, right? And so that's a whole separate thing. But no, dude, you're a bad, dude. Yeah, man. That's valuable. I love that theory. That bro. is good because it's it's an it's a signal that's almost impossible to fake. And it has authority mm. in our physical realm. Like, yeah. you know, you when you walk into a room and you see the little the the younger dude like sizing you up, like he's literally like, Can I follow this dude? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like is this dude there's that's, that's it's not I everything. Want. But I want a dude to be like looking over himself because all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Tim, I'm leading youth yeah. group. And all of a sudden, like he like looks down at your daughter, like, Hi, I'm Tim, and he looks up at you and like 
shit. <laughs> like if that's kind of like you want him to have like a little bit of like little flinch. Like, uh, by the way, we love Jesus, but we cuss, right? Like I'm not saying like just like start dropping it, right? Like we love Jesus, but we drink a little. No one's getting sloshed tonight, by the way. I didn't even like have, had this whole opening monologue of like, like no, no one get just shit faced tonight. Please. I'm down with Steve. I got his back. And I'm, I'm looking around too, like, like I'm who's like, that guy? Who's that guy? Who's the like, one? Had a, had a hard like day. And Everybody's just, drinking tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. And the camera goes off. You know, oh, everyone's speaking the quad. Everyone's like on the best everywhere. Oh man, I love it. We're going to gun range, by the way. Gun, yeah. like, There's like the guns room. all in the next room. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Roll to the next room. That's where we're going right. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already been there. You know, I'll, I'll say this, though. I think, I think uh, it, it keeps on coming to this, but I believe – actually, I'm going to back up. Two days ago, I had a conversation that got me all fired up. All fired up. Uh-oh. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I heard this, this statement, and it was said multiple times. I just – I feel – I feel like things are coming back, you know? Like, I feel like there's so much hope. And, and here's the thing, and I'm gonna say this because I have never been more encouraged. I believe God has awakened people and, and shed the veil off of so many people's eyes. And this is not a, a regional thing. This is all over the world. There is an awakening taking place. But we are on the cruise ship of cruise ships, a boat so big as a church that is moving and retreating and people are like oh no i feel like we're taken back my opinion is we've hardly slowed down it's still it is still heading in such a a dark place and that doesn't discourage me that i don't get scared about that i get so excited because there is a very specific group of people that are being awakened for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And, and this boat will turn around, but it's, it's going to take so much more work. And right now, to your point, there, we are not called to go get on a platform. We are called to use our platform to raise up other platforms. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are called to the spirit that has been given and by the grace of God been put on our lives. There is one commission that we've been given, and that is to go fire up other people and, and awaken them to what it's, it's going to take because the church has had two years of a, a, a church body of, of believers that have been so comfortable sanitary. and so sanitary and mm-hmm. so so lukewarm mm-hmm. that now that the church is getting a little bit of freedom back because we felt so much persecution over that the last been two given years, back. right? Yeah. <laughs> then now, thank you, thank you, sir. Here's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> yeah, right. We're back to comfort and guess what? Oh, we're going to see a lot, a lot of believers that are that are believers that are are going to be very upset because churches are going to start waking up. There's a few churches that are waking up and they're speaking truth again and they're speaking the gospel and they're going. No longer can we sit back and be silent. And this is not battling these these outlandish, you know, secondary and tertiary issues. Right. This is attacking the the main issue, which is people need to know Jesus. And they're actually speaking bold and truth, and they're not being led by the lies or the 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 things that are being fed to them of the world. And people are are church hopping. They're they're looking for the church that they are not going to be felt uh, or made made to feel uncomfortable. Challenged. Yeah. Challenged. Mm-hmm. They're not. They don't want to. They don't want to bring on discipline right. in their life. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to be. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable. Like, yeah, I want the altar calls, but I don't I don't want to actually be cut that deep. Mm-hmm. Don't offend me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my goodness, don't offend me. And so I believe, I believe this boat of a church that we are on 
Like a Cadillac? A, 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 big, a, 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 a big, like a 60s Cadillac. I appreciate that. Is, is slowing maybe a knot, but it's going to take a lot to turn that thing around. And I think that is the mantle that we are being given to steward now, which is to understand no longer can we just be, be soft. We do have to be loving, but it has to be but a masculine fine. love. Yeah. It has to be a true godly love. And that, that looks very different. And yeah. I, I believe we're going to be called into some very tough times in the next few years. And that's why we were built to take yeah. the wounds. We yep. were built to take the licks. Mm. And for whatever reason, our world is telling us to, no, no. be careful. Don't get in the fight. Mm. So when you ask me, like my kids, yeah. I got one, I, I have now had a, a, a new awakening to what we're actually living in. This, I've, mm. I've grown up knowing the spiritual battle my entire life, but I've never gotten to see it the way that I see it now. So now it's, I have one thing 20 years from now that I want to say, which is just get in the fight. Yeah. That's it. I just want to make sure my kids are in the fight. I want them to know that the only thing the enemy is going to do is try and take them out of the fight. Mm -hmm. So it's my only job as a, as a, a dad is to raise them in the true identity of Christ. Mm -hmm. Because if they know who they are, yep. they know mm -hmm. what it means to be truly loved. They mm -hmm. know what it means to live in grace. Then they will have the ability to get in the fight. Because if mm -hmm. I don't do that. If I don't understand my role as a father, then eventually they will be so far off their identity that then when they need to get in the fight, they won't have anything. There's, there's, there's no skill there. There's nothing yeah, there's there. no skill there. And I joke around and I call it revival on the way down, right? <laughs> because it's like, it was like, we're going to have revival on the way. It's like, okay, so you have the perception of a thriving church, thriving social media, big bank accounts and dead cities. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, it's everywhere. And so you've got these little like pockets of things, right? And so it's not to say that the, the spirit of the church is dead. That's not the case. That's not where we're at. It's just how we're engaging it, how we're leading the church, how we're speaking to the church, how we're actually equipping and mobilizing. But there has to, it has to be mobility along with it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so not with rigidity. I always joke around and say like the sword of the Lord comes from the loving hands and feet. Like you have to spend mm -hmm. a season here and then actually end up like, oh my gosh, like I actually do have a little more hatred in my gas tank. Righteous indignation, hatred, but right. even human hatred. Yeah. Right? So it's like, be angry and don't sin. Everyone puts baby in the corner. Oh, you're mad? Just go deal with it. Right. It's like, yeah. why, can't, why can't you weaponize it? Yeah. Why mm. can't you all of a sudden brush up against Matthew eleven twelve? have some violent prayer, go out, yell it yeah. out, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I feel better. Hey, babe, what's going on? You want some dinner? You want some food? What about, hey, everything cool, kids? Let's go play. And it was like, were you just yelling? It's like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I did that. And? Like, like all of a sudden we've even taken away, like we can't even be mad or angry at something mm -hmm. from a sense of like six things the Lord hates, yet seven are abomination mm -hmm. to him. So we have the nature of God wired within us, which is also why I feel like the patriotic American is the Old Testament heart of God. Mm -hmm. And the Pentecostal spirit-filled American is the New Testament heart of God. What would actually happen if both those sides of God's heart yeah. came together? Yep. Mm -hmm. We're gonna walk into the next season ahead on our feet instead of on our knees. Mm -hmm. So and everything's, everything's set stage-wise is that we're actually gonna try and like limp our way forward. I'm like, hell no, mm -hmm. it's, it's not the case. Yeah, man, and I think on that, what you're saying about, you know, like having something inside you and being able to lean into that and, and um, cultivating that uh, inside of yourself. I think that this asking permission and this softness I actually think it's evil because you got to think like you're the backstop, like you're the backbone in these environments, like you're the backbone. And if you can just be quieted enough 
to not speak up, to not stand up, just enough to just, you don't want to upset, you know, like, and you feel it. I feel like every man feels it to the core of his soul every time. And it's not like, like, even sometimes I do it, you know, like, you know, there's a decision going on, da, 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 da. You know, the wife wants this and I'm like, ah, okay, you know, like whatever. But then I think about it in retrospect. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> you yep, know, like yep. you missed it right there. You should have said this, this, and this. It's, it's, you know, and that comes out of your identity. Like these decisions matter. Everything is my responsibility. And I can't, I have to take responsibility for everything because that's what we were literally designed for. You know, like he walks in the garden of Eden. He's like, yo, Adam, what's up, bro? <laughs> what went down, Adam? You know, and, and I can't say that woman you sent me. <laughs> that woman, even though that's Adam probably didn't idea. stand a chance, that's, that's the first like, pair of titties he ever seen in his entire life. I mean, we got beers in the house, right? Oh, <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying, man. God bless him. It's true. By the way, to the young men that are in this room, yeah. listen. Here's the reality: once you've seen one pair, you want to see them all. That's just not how it just goes. Okay, so like, <laughs> keep it keep it in check. And Lord yeah. knows, you're like, not it's weird. Everywhere. Just good luck. So man. I signed up for TikTok, right? Mm. And all of a sudden, like, I don't care what I open up that thing. There's a pair boobs in front of my eyes yeah, like everything you start scrolling you're like okay thanks, thanks god thanks <laughs> thanks so i'm gonna just start uh you know spread the word and just uh put up some videos yeah. in this <laughs> thanks god and so if, that, if that's me looking at it like really mm. uh, and kids are like oh my gosh oh yeah especially I mean, like young men in whatever puberty they have left yeah there was a uh i was i was talking on pastor a couple of weeks ago he said he's got a big church in uh, orange county he said there was a 13 year old boy uh, was feeling sick and so we went to the hospital and uh doctor came out said to the parents i need you to sit down and parents they're like what's wrong he's like they're like we, we're sorry to tell you this but your son's been sexually active and they're like no he hasn't no he hasn't and they're like he's been on grinder for the last two years having sex with men and his body is riddled with aids and he's going to die oh my goodness because of the power of that of that device and we have i mean just just swaths of moron parents that are like that wouldn't be my kid my kid would never do that yeah. my kid would never do that like all our all these kids are walking around with, with not just like not not 50s porn magazines in their yeah. pocket mm. not their dad's stash they found yeah no 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 no, no. <laughs> no the, the 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 most insane stuff that the human mind can possibly conceive right that's on display in every locker room and every school yeah. across america yep. every day and uh my boys and i started doing this thing we call it dead men's talk it's from a book uh, called uh, Raising Coal that every every father must read. Um, and the father says to his son, Cole, when he's a little boy, uh, you can tell me anything. We're doing dead men's talk and I'm not allowed to even respond to you. You can tell me anything you've done. You can tell me if you're mad at me, you can tell me anything and I'm not even allowed to say a word to you until dead men's talk is over. And then I'm not ever allowed to even talk about what you said during this time. There is, it's, it's kind of like almost like confession and repentance. It's kind of like if we had God, if kind of, kind of like was God was real and we could confess to him and he wouldn't lightning bolt us in the head every time we confessed. <laughs> but most of us, our fathers, if we ever said anything on the line, like, you know, hell is coming down upon our heads. So sin gets hidden and where it's hidden, it proliferates. Mm. I'm talking to my boy, he's like nine years old, eight, nine years old. I'm like, buddy, we're doing it. I'm getting started young, doing dead men's talk. He's eight, nine, he's got nothing to talk about, right? Yeah. 
And he says, I say, okay, bud, I'm not going to say anything. You can say, I, I thought he was going to say, I'm mad, at, I'm mad at you, dad, because you yell too much or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, dad, I was on uh, video, the video games. I was on Xbox and I'm playing Roblox, which is a kid's game. And I was in Roblox and I went into a room. So in this game, Roblox, this universe, there's all of these mini games that are made by human beings. I went on this, in this game and everyone was having sex with each other inside of this game. And they were saying the most graphic sexual things. I'm translating what he told me. And he said, and I, he, I, I went to my room and I, I took your laptop and I started looking on YouTube to find what this was about. And he wept and wept and then we did it like a month later same thing and he wept and he wept did it probably probably three or four times and he had to get it out of his he had to get it out of his heart he had to confess scripture says if we confess our sins to god he's faithful to just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us for unrighteousness but it also says confess your sins one to another that you may be healed we have a lot of guys that are forgiven but not healed we have a lot of guys that god has forgiven but they still walk in bondage and they want someone to weep to because god puts this barrier protective barrier of shame around sexuality because it's so important because it's actually about the creating of eternal lives it's it's massively important and that's why it's there and it's 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 a protective agent but this phrase that you you've said before though sexual anarchy yeah yeah, sexual anarchy. Anything outside the bounds of God's sexual order. What's God's sexual order? Man and wife together forever, having a blast together, having a sexual blast party. Two people only. Two per- two person party. Man and wife. <laughs> Gotta clarify that these days. And anything outside of that brings tragedy and chaos and shame and destroys the world. And we have most pastors in most churches in America that are too cowardly to even mention it on a Sunday morning, to even mention it. I was going through Sodom and Gomorrah a couple of years ago, spent three, three weeks in Sodom and Gomorrah. Fun place to hang out on a Sunday morning. Thinking this is not gonna grow my church, good. Um, I called a buddy who's got a big church in California. I was telling him about it because God was showing me all this really cool stuff in that, in that city. And he's like, I can't believe you would talk about homosexuality on a Sunday morning. I'm like, this is why our country is going to hell. Yeah. This is why our Christians are going to hell because the fathers, the pastors, the protective agents have laid down their swords yep. and they're talking about how to fix your car and your finances and your marriage. Why are and they doing that? Growth. Our metric, our primary metric in the church is growth. And it's money. numbers Often. and money. Yeah. And so in Laodicea, the, the, the chat, the, the, Revelation chapter three, where God says, I'm going to blot your name out of the book. Those guys, he says to Laodicea, you're rich and you have no need of anything. You think you're rich, but you're poor and wretched and miserable and blind and naked. Mm. Buy from me gold refined in the fire, which means go through the pain of the fire. And he says, if you do, you'll sit on my father's throne with me. The people that are in the worst position, the, 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 the trashiest church of the book get promised the throne if they'll reckon with their own sin and death that they're walking in because it because of money but because that but like god's trying to redeem their potential yes exactly right. and so like every man in this room is born with potential yeah and so the fight the furnace the refinement yes. right and this is what's funny too so about Sodom and Gomorrah, what did the people say to lot right they said you're the man that judges us he spoke up 
Mm-hmm. What has the church not done? Spoke yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has what, what it allowed men to do? Don't speak up. Oh, we're not speaking up. As long as you're a good member tither, as long as you as long as you check the box, guess what? Everyone's happy. The, the 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 wife is happy because the kids got dressed up and went to Sunday school. Checked the box. And went to, the kids are happy because they got you know Chuck E. Cheese or like you know some sort of pizza Cafe party. Kids. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, and like the dad's like, oh, I'm dad of the day, right? Dad of the week. And all of a sudden, what happened? Pastor became the only priest in that person's life, and he's the pastor six days a week. The dad, the father. That's right. He should have been the pastor right. and said like, oh, I'm actually supposed to be driving my family's. That's faith. right. Yeah. The other thing, it's 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 money and people. It's the metrics are success. Mm-hmm. And for the church, the metrics are supposed to be Christ-likeness. They're not supposed to be numbers. Right. The, yeah. the movement for the last 20 years has been about numbers. And we've got numbers, baby. Mm-hmm. Like, we can pack them in. we got churches of thirty and 40,000. You guys listen to those guys ever on a Sunday? God forbid that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually painful. Talking about Joel Steens of the world? I'm talking about the guys that are... Uh, somebody said, David, who do you listen to these days? I said, no one. Why would I listen to a pastor leading the nation when the nation's going to hell? When, we're lo- when, when divorce is skyrocketing? When our kids don't know if they're boys or girls? Why would I listen to those pastors? Mm-hmm. You listen to the pastors that changed the world, like Wesley. Those guys changed the entire world. England, Jack the Ripper, prostitutes, people having sex in parks in public. We think, it was ba- we think it's bad now. We always think it's like the worst now. England was horrific. Wesley came in and said, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to hell, church, P.S. People are like, really? He's like, yeah, seriously. And he they revolutionized the world. The Calvinists hate him because they want to tell all of us it's okay, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. We can't. We can't do whatever we want. Yeah. But what does that also say, though, is that they knew what the message, they knew the message that was going to work. And here's, here's what I'm going to introduce into this, right? So the church is very quick to say there's evil outside, right? Not as quick to say there's actually, you're evil, right? Yeah. Before that yes. you, you reconcile yes. with Christ, you were, at, you were an enemy of Christ, yes. okay? So God considered, what does God do? To, he hates his enemies, okay? So fact that in. And then there are actual people walking around, the opposite you, the opposite David, the opposite Byron, the opposite Kenny, right? That's trying to usher in the Antichrist. There is a worker of iniquity that knows all about Christ, all about our God, and is choosing to serve another master. Not just serve, but serve him well. And what are we doing? We can barely check a box. We can barely fight our way, prayer way, you know, prayer-wise, mm-hmm. spiritual warfare, out of a wet paper bag. Like, I, I would go and tell men, right? Like, what are you actually declaring over your life? And prop- what do you mean declaring? You're declaring things over your life and your yep. family, right? Yep. So you've built a spiritual hedge around your family. You're maintaining it, you and your mm-hmm. wife, right? She's the, the spiritual neck that turns the head and points your attention. What, what, what do I have to say? <laughs> you don't have to say anything. You get to. Yeah. Like so, if if Christ died to restore our authority and our dominion, and we absco- we just want nothing to do with it, that's on us. Mm. If every man in here can't rise to some measure of violent prayer, right? All these things are pissing you off and making you angry, right? What do you do with it? Most, <laughs> a lot of people, yeah. Like, so all of a sudden, if there's no vehicle for that, the Bible has given us every single vehicle we need mm-hmm. for, for the weight and the gravity that actually starts to well up and, and dry. You know, all of a sudden, we've got this, this, this magma that's flowing up. Oh, no, it's great. You're great. Just mm-hmm. love people. Love mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I serve the Lord of mm-hmm. war, the mm-hmm. Lord of angel armies, Jehovah Sabaoth. And you're telling, mm-hmm. just love? Like, do you not? And this is, this is the kicker, John. This, we've talked about this at length, right? We are so high on a supply of love 
right? As God is love and not God is Lord. Lord means boss. If you cannot reconcile that, that means that this book is actually instruction. It's not just data that you can process, it's directive for, for, the, for the techie people in here, right? Mm-hmm. So you can process, everyone thinks, oh, I'll just process the data. It's just, you know, it's, it's directive. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not for me. My pastor didn't say that. My pastor didn't tell me that. I guess what? You're the pastor. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. You're, your God tells you this is directive and we get a pass. And the pastor's a, the pastor's a supplement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the pastor, like your, your church Sunday, a church. that's a freaking supplement. A that's like one of your counselors. Exactly, one of your counselors. But you're supposed to be getting your daily bread and walking with your father and leaning on him. And like, you know, he's supposed to be leading you and guiding you, man. You know, and then you submit to some leadership and a body and some accountability and you keep the rails on that way. But yeah. Monday through Friday, man, it's, you know, that's, that's our walk. Yeah. On the love thing though, like a yeah. loving, a loving cancer doctor cuts you open and, and cuts the cancer out. Yeah, of you. I was gonna, it's yeah, not like, yeah. I'm just going to hug it out. It's going to hug that stage four right out of you. As yeah. you die. No. Yeah. 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 Slices you open and yeah. pulls it out. Cuts you he, he didn't yep. just use the essential oils. Yeah. And like, the- <laughs> well, on, on that too, I mean, like we fight, you know, like the warrior is fueled by love, man. Yeah. Like that, those people behind me, that's the reason I'm going to, I, someone walks in here with a shotgun right now. The reason I'm like spin towards the door is because I'd be danged if anything happens to any of you guys, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, not Why do you think I'm, I'm watching the door right now, bro? I know, you guys got the good seats, man. I, I feel comfortable, you know? But I mean, that's the stuff that, you know. The world doesn't that, understand. That brand of love, man. The world doesn't yeah. understand. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to die right mm-hmm. for the heathen as much as for the christian yeah that's true like, like if you're in the throes of, of homosexuality of depravity mm-hmm. like wherever mm-hmm. you are guess yeah. what like your life matters to god until yes. he tells me otherwise yeah and so they're like oh you christians are assholes right mm-hmm. you're cool you know this it's like yeah. like actually i kind of am an asshole so yeah. you're right there however <laughs> you're, you're wrong in the sense that i'm so, i'm somehow you know looking at you like you're some sort of demoralized right. degenerate right. that has no right. chance of redemption yeah right. So I'm, I'm, but the, I'm fighting from a footing that honestly, they're blind to, and everyone understands yeah. spiritual blindness, right? Like yeah. the enemy, God has even allowed them to be blinded. The yeah. enemy has blinded them. Uh-huh. And so what is it? We can't evangelize to a blind person that's deaf. Yeah, that's what do you have to do? We actually might have to exercise demons. Yeah. We actually might have to deliver people and drive them out. Show of hands in this room. On a daily basis, who asks God for someone to deliver? On a daily basis, who wakes up and asks God, do I have permission to deliver someone today? Will you show me someone that is plagued? My man, I got one hand in the Gangster. Yeah. Sorry, recently, so I don't know if that counts. That, that totally counts, counts, that counts. That totally counts. counts. <laughs> Phil, look at you back there, like all modest, like- Warrior Silver, come on. <laughs> oh, I'm a, you know, long time listener, first time caller type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like here's here's the whole point praise god right and and i'm not this isn't to like out you guys as you're not doing enough it's it's like what are you driving at are you driving just be like oh, i'm just gonna be like a good church person I, listen god loves his church god loves you god doesn't need you to be a good church person yeah i he's, he's just the, the whole nation the whole world is freaking full of good church people right check the box check the box down the lap water, each or how many, like you mm-hmm. said numbers. Yeah. He was like, no, we need this many. Yeah. 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 How many yeah. how many men of Gideon's 
do we have around mm-hmm. us that yeah. we should yeah. fight mm-hmm. lay within that, right? Like he's given us the power to do that. It's mm-hmm. good. We need more men to be on guard. Dude, what, what does that mean though? Love what God loves, hate what God that's hates. Right. Thank you. Simple. Like, that's it's like all this other noise that's been added to it. It's like, wait, but what about, stop. Love what God loves. What does his word say? But, uh, but my wife, what does his word say? Yeah. Are you leading? And yeah. this is the other part too, right? And this is what has to get talked. I've got a whole page of notes that like we're done. Um, <laughs> right, so men, uh, men have been out of the church right so let's talk about summer yeah. love 1969 mm-hmm. let's talk about it so mm-hmm. first time in all of human history all of u.s history i should say first time in all of u.s history half a million people prayed to a foreign god on u.s soil the opening prayers to woodstock same summer summer of soul quarter million black people praying to african gods on u.s mm-hmm. soil what do you have just massive explosion of new age yep off mm-hmm. the rails i mean it's just and you can talk about Roe v. Wade and all these things, right? And then you look at the 80s, right? What, what happened? The golden generation of, of the board members that were World War II vets, right? They left the marketplace. They left the corporate arena. And so all of a sudden you had corporate rating. You had like, you know, the, 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 the youngerlings that had no regard for hard-fought wins. Mm. They, they, didn't, they didn't regard it. And so all of a sudden you see corporate degeneracy and you, you see corporatism rise. And so it's, I'm not trying to say like, let's look at all these exterior things, right? We still have to say, where were the men? Where were the churches, mm-hmm. right? And then you had, you know, you had church scandals, you had all these things. People put pastors up on way too high of a pedestal because they kind yeah. of just walked away from their own authority and responsibility. Yep. 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 And it's, it's not a bad thing. So this isn't like the crap on the church or the crap on pastors. Men of God have to, honestly get back into the church mm-hmm. because the pastors need someone to brush up against they need some help well let, i mean so let's let's talk about that because what you're what you're going into is because we are we're such a consumer driven culture so what do we got we've got a but you get asked who are you who are you listening to who are you consuming why is that the question i mean why why is that that's the go-to is like what podcast send me some podcasts how about you just go get in the word like, why don't you just spend time exercising the fact that he gave you that righteous anger for a reason? Go scream your lungs off, yelling at God for an hour. Watch what happens. Like, watch what, what starts to work in your life after you actually start to exercise that. And, and I believe that that is what filters down to the church because we are called to step into an assignment mm-hmm. and we are called to plant ourselves in a local church because we are called to protect pastors. We have put pastors on a, on a pedestal and said, feed me, yeah. feed me. I don't wanna do anything all week, except on Sunday, I wanna be entertained. Entertain me. And if you don't, I'm gonna leave somewhere else because I know you're a businessman and I mean something to you. These are some righteous dollar bills right here. That's right? it. <laughs> you know how many people I know? I, and, and that's what we've done instead of, how are you stepping up into the protection? How are we how are we allowing pastors to be the counselor, the vision caster, the person that God has put in a specific place for a specific reason, not to run all these 18 different departments within the, the church consumer business. They are supposed to cast the vision for the assignment specifically that God called them to. So how are we protecting them? How are we actually being Gideon's men and actually carrying out the assignment. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, just as a point, I, 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 being a pastor, <laughs> I, I excommunicated somebody last um, last winter publicly, wow. and um, I don't think I I don't have a friend that's ever done that before. I've never been a part of a church that's ever done it. I was praying one morning, 
like my man Stephen here up early hitting it hard drained spending some significant time in prayer and I was I don't know what I was praying for something random me probably you know mm. and I just heard inside of my inside in my in my inner voice the spirit of God inside of me this guy is having sex with a bunch of people in your church I was like uh okay i felt the lord said i want you to call, get on a phone with an elder and call him to this morning now and i'm like ah man <laughs> so i so i call the elder up immediately it's like it's 5 30 in the morning and i go wait till i i text the other guy i i get on the phone i don't tell him god sent, said this to me i said i have a very strong feeling that you're walking in sexual immorality with young ladies in our church he starts laughing at me laughing out loud ha 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 what a joke what a joke. And I've, <laughs> I snap a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and he, you know, and then literally three weeks later, he was at a church event and he came and hammered, started putting his hands on girls. And I find out the next day that he'd been sleeping with, a, with he'd been pursuing a bunch of girls in the church. I called him, I called him that day. I said, meet me in my office. I said, I'm bringing this in front of the whole church tomorrow, Sunday. And he's like, I'm never coming back. I said, great. That was the plan, actually. Excommunication. That's what excommunication is. Until you repent and are restored, you're gone. Right. And, uh, he wept and said he's sor sorry like a thousand times. And I'm like, listen, man, I don't care if you're sorry. I confronted you personally. Then I brought you before an elder. Now I'm bringing you before a church. I'm obeying God's order, oh, his word. Mm -hmm. And I went in front of the church and um, did the thing. After the service, because uh, it was on a Sunday, something we don't do on Sundays, uh, is discipline people. It's one of the reasons we have a weak church. No, but weak, weak people are grown without discipline, right? Oh like yeah. Weak That's brats, exactly the rod, right? The rod. Diabetic it's kids evil. with, yeah. with Twizzlers coming out of their nose. Don't get yeah. disciplined. And, uh, after the, after I probably had five, maybe 10 people come up to me and say, thank you so much. Yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. I've they never felt safe. so safe before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause yep craving it because we need yep. somebody we need somebody in our life that's willing to crack us when Draw we're not doing it right line, and i man. don't do it right sometimes yeah and i run my mouth too much and i'm a tough guy sometimes and mm -hmm. my pastor will call me and be like is that the lord or is that you i'm like i think it's the lord maybe let me check again i'll get back to you i'll get back to you we need that let me, let me get back to you yeah. right but the funny part was so i'm doing church security and this is, I end up sitting next to my pastor. And so I avoided the front row like the plague, right? Cause background, everything I saw. And the you know, Holy Spirit said audibly for almost two years, stop hiding, stop hiding. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> stop talking, stop talking, right? I have a different relationship, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, if you see me on the street, you see me in here, right? You see me out praying, like I still cuss with God, right? Like it's, I've, I'm going to tell you one quick little side note on spiritual warfare. If you try and go up against the enemy, who knows you, your nature, mm -hmm. your character, right? Yeah. How you respond to the sinful little seductive whispers he puts in your ear. If you're not the genuine you, you, he's going to call bullshit and good luck. Yeah. Good luck actually like going to war against something that mm. knows that you're full of shit. Yeah. Mm. And you're hiding it. Doesn't work that way. That That's why, again, it. like, mm. I'm not saying like I'm a role model for men. Like, you should be cussing <laughs> and like having scotch and like do it. But the reality is, it's like, I have to be me. Mm. I'm wholly flawed and, flawed and perfect. I actually pray all the time, like, God, if you don't want me to cuss, take it away, which gets back to identity. We'll, we'll jump back there. But I'm, I'm sitting next to my pastor after a couple of years of serving, and Holy Spirit says, like, 
where are you sitting? I'm like, <laughs> okay, good one. Okay, I see you. That's funny. <laughs> Here I am, cute. <laughs> but here's also what I thought. All this, all this time of righteous anger filling up inside me, I'm walking and praying around my neighborhood for like two, three hours a morning. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, mm. like who else is doing this? And I just have this heavy sense it's no one. All of a sudden, dreams for like a year and a half straight. Um, I'm in heaven's throne room. It actually looks like uh, a Star Trek, like little, like, you know, like the, like the main bay that they're sitting in, but it's all dark, right? And so I know God's back there. I know Christ is at his right hand. And I'm actually like kneeling, staring at the world through this like big glass. And all I feel is this heat. I feel like there's like a heat shield on me where if, I, if it's that heat shield was removed, I just disintegrate instantly. And it's his anger. And so I'm feeling, I'm dreaming this for like a year and a half. I'm like, what are you showing me? He's pissed. Like he's just pissed. And so he, this is the correlation. I love my pastor. Honestly would have taken a bullet for him, right? Still would. Right, because of, of how much good he's done, how much he poured into my life. But what I had to reconcile was that my pastor is not going to be at the war table. My pastor serves a purpose. My pastor was put here to evangelize and has led countless people to Christ, spoken all over the world doing it. I can't have an expectation on him to fulfill something that I am called mm, to yeah. fulfill. That's mm -hmm. good. That's a good word. Mm -hmm. If that, if that's like. Church hurt, which is just the most random thing I I I, I even brushed up and heard recently. Like that's the most like victim like latest class. thing they came up with. <laughs> that's it. Did Antifa come up with that? By the yeah, way, yeah, <laughs> was it like, making identity out of it, created in chop. And, and yeah. so so like I want, the, but that's why I'm saying like the men need to get back to church. You're not going to agree with everything your pastor says. You're not going to agree with the vitriol that you might have, right? The gas tank inside you. And so I believe that all of us, right? This big gas tank of love, right? God's designed a certain way. Some of us, right? There's a gas tank of love, right? We fill up on the word, God's love, that's foundational. Gas tank of hatred. What do we see? What do we encounter? What does God give us to actually infill us with, right? My, my, my gas tank off my life, what's happened, things with my, you know, my own decisions, right? Left my own, you know, the consequences Devices. of my actions, yeah. things that have happened to my son, right? My, I, I've actually discovered that I have a significantly distinguishably larger gas tank of hatred mm -hmm. that's still within the, the major gas tank of God's love. I love people so much, I hate everything that's driving at them behind it. Mm -hmm. I love my pastor so much, I hate everything that would somehow, whether it's the spirit of Jezebel, spirit mm -hmm. of strong men, mm -hmm. like these mm -hmm. outside demonic forces that are actually keeping the house of God from speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. And so what do I do? Like in my mind, I envision, right? An angel just tearing the, the, the throat box out of a demon, right? That's just whispering, don't say that. Don't, don't say those yeah, words. Passive evil. Don't ask me. And so, but again, I'm not looking at my pastor like you should be doing the same thing. I'm like, thank God it's an honor. I get to do this on your behalf in mm -hmm. intercession. And some crazy things have happened through prayer over, mm -hmm. over the last you know, 10 years of, of doing this whole thing and learning spiritual warfare on the fly. But I'm saying this because if God's put something heavy on your heart and you see some sort of like irreconcilable thing that you can't, like you look at your pastors, like, why aren't they doing this thing? Maybe it's because God's actually called you to do it yeah, and you right. actually feel like you're not qualified or justified. Right, go. It's That's bullshit. It. That's it. Yeah. You have to start walking in exactly what God puts on your heart and your soul. Yeah. If you don't do that, that's why we have dead cities. That's why we have politicians who, right. who are trying to speak right. up and trying that's to fight right. their way out of the quagmire that they're in. Mm. So all, all that to say, like, the church is needed, the pastors are needed. Kenny, what you're doing, like, again, like start the most target rich environment, but you're still like, you're gonna have to deal with these guys coming in pissed off at the church. 
Like, why aren't you doing something? The church, by the way, historically, let's understand what it was. It was a place of refuge in times of war for women, children, and elderly. Mm. Think about that. If something were to happen right now, so let's say we're one black swan, we're one click away from a black swan event. Which we talk the fuel, the power, right? So all <laughs> these things are already out there and they're, they're being talked about. Where are people going to go? Yeah. Is there provision at the church? Mm-hmm. I mean, just practical necessity. I'm not saying every church has to be that, but if you're there to be community, to build community, are, is there provision for that? And if, if we know that people are doing it, well, snacky snack, yes. I'll just call yeah, it out. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Love those things. If we're, if we're called ourselves, and by the way, sh- I just want to show a hand, it's not to out, out anyone. Who here is actually taking a li- just a little extra time and measure and finance and resources to prepare for, you know, all sorts of things coming? Black Swan Saturday. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Heck yeah. Who has the expectation on someone else that they're supposed to take care of you? Nobody. So the reality is that church Church absolutely looked out for people, took care of people, and actually took them in, multiplied, like whatever that was. Like miracles have still been happening. And, and you mentioned something too in one of your last messages, right? Just so everyone knows, the church is growing at a scale unprecedented before in Asia, in South America, everywhere outside the United States. Yep. Jesus is reaching hearts and minds yes. and souls, and, and revival is actually happening. Yes, yeah. So whatever spiritual blindness is over this nation, right? Whatever is actually crippling us from, from it's, it's already happening anyways. And what's, what's God saying? I love you. I don't need you to grow my church. Right. So, so there isn't some like, you know, some, some vanity on us. Like, oh, look, mm-hmm. look at us, what we are mm-hmm. and what we do. But that's why if we, if we can't reconcile these things and step into the thing, the weight that God's actually placed on us now, when are we going to do it? When it's too late? When, when the one click away event has, has occurred and all of a sudden we're just fighting for survival? No, that's- It's, uh, it's too late. It's too late. Mm. So the pastors need to be encouraged. And I mean, even speaking of this, right? Like a lot of pastors, listen, if, if, if you have a word, right? And don't be that guy, like God told me, God told me, I need mm-hmm. to tell you, like you're, it's just weird, right? Like pray on it, right? And then test it out, like test it against other people in the church. Like, hey, like, I, I have this feeling like, you know, can I price this against you real quick? Like, am I like, you know, crazy? Mm-hmm. And you might get confirmation, you might get pee-pee smacked, right? <laughs> so you're like, you're like, like, that's, that's crazy. But at the very least, what are you doing? You're giving God honor by yeah. saying, I'm responding to what, you're, what I feel like you're uh-huh, telling me. Uh-huh. You're testing against the Holy Spirit. You're kind of being refined in it. You're contending, fighting with God saying, I don't want to say this. And God's like, say it. Mm-hmm. Or God saying like, good, because that's not me. That was mm-hmm. actually bad pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you had a little, you had little stomachache last night, a little too much, you know, drinky drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, daddy's medicine got the best of you. And so all of a sudden we're left here needing to somehow reconcile something within the church. Because really all of us have friends on the outside of faith, right? Everyone in this room, we brush up colleagues. There's grievance against the church. They're not wrong. Right. Like, right. like if you look at like the whole like bigger picture, but it's not the crap on the church. Like, can we just have the honest conversation and assessment of like, listen, we're here to actually edify the church, to strengthen the church, to be the church. And here's, here's, here's the reality. Something happens and those four walls are broken down, shut down, torn down. You're the church. You're it. Mm-hmm. If you were to leave tonight and something happened and every single church in America just went away, all the pastors would, maybe the pastor rapture happens, right? <laughs> the pastor rapture. Okay. That's my band name. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the pastor, the pastor rapture. That's good. That's good. Who, who here in this room is ready for that right now? Hmm. Yeah. Ish. 
I don't see a lot of bold hands jumping up. Mm. I'm not saying you need to endeavor and strive and want to be the pastor and want to, I'm saying that like out of respect and appreciation for the role that they're doing and what, like, you know, the bus that they're trying to actually guide us on. We need to encourage them. Sometimes we need to actually say like, hey, like, are, have you left the ranch? Is something up? Like, can we pray for you? It's like something. And then they need to have the, the ability of saying like, I would actually love that. Or go up and say like, hey, you want to grab a drink? Like, again, that's inner circle stuff, right? We've seen enough right. of this where that there's only so many people you can do that with. Yeah. Don't be offended. But we have to support the church while there is still a church to support. We have to see ourselves as becoming that church, as kings and priests. Because let me tell you right now, there's, a, there's an army of 144,000 that at one point will be waiting in a valley for Christ's return, facing a vastly, vastly larger opposing force on the front of it. Your pastors will never tell you, you have to be that person. Holy Spirit's gonna tell you, whoever those people are, right? Holy Spirit's gonna line these things up into place. So which means we also have to desire to be spiritual, to commune with the Holy Spirit, to be open, to not grieve the Holy Spirit, to not deny the Holy Spirit, to actually operate in spiritual gifts, not just the fruit of this, I'm a nice person, look at me, I'm super nice, praise God, Jesus loves you. No, like praying in tongues, third rail, Every single man in this room needs to do it. Yeah, I'm just I, listen. If you love, if you love God and you follow Christ, why did He say it's better that I leave and the Holy Spirit come? Right. Yeah. And then you want to somehow argue your way out of you? Bullshit. It's good. I cuss and I still pray in tongues. Sorry, <laughs> with the same mouth. <laughs> dirty, dirty mouth. And uh, again, it's not to say like you could do like you too could just you know have both mm. these. No, it's like I still surrender like everything that I say to God. Like I repent constantly throughout the day. Right, it's a constant life of, and this is the paradox that most of the world will never understand. How can you be on your knees, praying, repenting, right? In full humility and on your feet boldly before the throne at the same time. That's exactly what we are. Yep. The world can't understand it, but we still have to operate in it. Oftentimes to our own detriment, oftentimes to, you know, to the world getting the, I'm not gonna say the upper hand, but honestly, the, if we should be looking at this right, we should be expending ourselves, And that might mean you have to expend yourself at Christ's altar and all of a sudden say, I desire the gifts of the spirit. You might not even want it. At least like, you know, fake it till you make it type of thing. Like, Father, I desire the Holy Spirit. Like there has to be language and words applied to this behind it. Otherwise, how are you gonna get there? You're not, you have to drive at this. Mm. What do kings and priests do? They drive at their priesthood. They drive at their spirituality. And so while the church is, has, this, has this place and prominence, you know, this, this gathering of sorts, and hopefully it becomes the first of, you know, several, and that you know calls to action at the end. If you guys are here, and this, this is the one question, right? Just hopefully simple answer. So you have thriving churches and dead cities. How do you reconcile it? I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective because because our metric is the scripture, right? And so um, you, we have an application. Loving your neighbor looks like. Loving your neighbor looks like caring for your city. I mean, that's clearly the case. But there's also cities where they literally don't receive the message and God says, shake the dust off, their, off your feet. And there's times and seasons where it's a dust shaking time. And there's a si times and seasons where it's a, a seed sowing time. It's a harvest time. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to, uh, for, I, I think you have to stand before God and know what you're supposed to do, right? You know who, how, how you're supposed to impact, what you're supposed to say. I mean, for us right now, we've done, we've given away you know, lots of food in our neighborhood. We've done a lot of service. We've done a lot of that kind of stuff. Right now, we're just like 
we're just cranking on the horn of God's truth. That's what, that's what we're doing. We're blasting the Amen. horn yeah. and that's the season we're in. And if somebody's like, you need to feed more homeless people, I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Maybe you should go feed more homeless people. Um, and both New York and Seattle region are very familiar with the homelessness <laughs> yeah, issue. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but I think it's, for me, it's fa- for me I, don't get, I really don't care about the outside metrics. I care about faithfulness to where God's called me in that right. season. But, this, but I mean, you only know that by spending time in the spirit. And that's what you were just leaning into. Like the kingly role is about stuff on earth. The spirit role is intercession between earth and heaven. And you only know, you only get your directive and your order if you're spending time with God, if you're, if you're searching for his voice. Oh, I don't know how to hear God's ver- voice. It's because you don't spend time with him enough. Shit. Shit. Mm. Like, oh, I said, like, I said, Lord, please speak to me. And I didn't hear anything. This is a f- hilarious story. I was trying to teach my son how to pray. <laughs> and he was probably five years old. And I'm like, I want you to go in your room. It's early in the morning. I'm out praying. He came out. I'm like, I want you to go in your room. I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you. And I want you to listen inside your heart, see what you hear. And so I'm like, okay, go in your room. So I'm praying out in the living room. He goes in his room. <laughs> he comes back with this confused look on his face. Like, just like, I'm like, did you hear something? He's like, yeah, I just kind of heard like, like this banging. And I'm like, Oh God, he's got demons. You know, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> he's like, I just kind of heard this banging sound. And then I'm like, what do you mean? I'm trying to get to it. I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get to the gate, the demonic gate, the portal. I just, it was like a thumping. And I realized he meant his, cause I said, listen in your heart. He oh, meant his heartbeat. He meant, oh, he meant he his heartbeat thumping inside his chest. But learning what God sounds like mm-hmm. is a, is a, it's practice. a process. It's yeah. a process. The it's proverb says, yeah. it's the glory of God to conceal a matter right. and the glory of kings to seek a matter out. Yeah. The most valuable things are hidden and you have to hunt for it. They don't yeah. just come cheaply. Right. And so we do, we do need that. Yeah. And so I would even say a dead city is a call for, for anguish because what, what are you looking at? When you walk in supermarkets, when you walk down the streets, right? You know where that you know where that soul is going if that soul doesn't change. And so how again, like what do people do? They just keep driving by. They keep yeah. passing by. Mm. And so every time that you see that in that environment in the dead city, it's and I'm not saying that every mandate on the church is to revive a dead city, right? It's sure. just it's just not the way that it goes. But the reality, when you see it, right? People say, like, why is the church so taking in all this money, right? The money has to go somewhere. And I'm not trying to get in the books, right? That every church has its own accountability to God as far as how that goes. People have the accountability to the spirit to tithe and give accordingly. But when you see dead cities, everyone understands something, right? The Bible says all these things have to happen. The Bible enumerates a number of things that will actually come to place during a biblical curse being poured out, mm-hmm. as well, well as during the, you know, the book of Ezekiel, Daniel, Revelation, all these mm-hmm. books being read out loud. Mm-hmm. And so as we see these things, it's not like we have to do something about it. No, it's like, Father in heaven, what do I do? Pray for these souls, forgive them, repent. Like if, if they can be reached, reach. At least there's some component of prayer where you've got some skin in the game and God's like, okay, cool. I had my man, he was in a moment. What did he do? He prayed. The prayer posture of every man in here, by the way, has to be the number one thing that we are operating with first. And I'll say, I say it all the time, first in prayer and then in person. Because what's going to happen? You're going to be praying for someone and someone's going to get agitated, right? You're going to be in an environment, Byron, how many videos do you post? I mean, not that I need the number, but rhetorically, right? Yeah, like once or twice a day. It's, and, so, and so there's so much content mm-hmm. of violence taking place all over the world. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> And, and so 
the, the reality that we, we have to reconcile is all of us live in three worlds, right? The inner world that we curate, our jobs, our businesses, our church, our families, our communities, right? The outer world, Antifa, BLM, homelessness, right? And so all of a sudden the barrier between those two is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And then the real world behind it, the spiritual world. Everyone thinks like, I can just exist inside my inner world and I'm fine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not for long, good luck. Yeah. And so as lawlessness abounds, Second Thessalonians, mm -hmm. as, as much as you, know, you wanna dive into it, it is absolutely a sinful nature, but it, it gets down to such a reprobate mind, uh, a Romans one, uh, you know, all of a sudden the mind is just gone because yep. God's, yep. God's grace has been removed. Yeah. Mm. And so you cannot, rec the dead city has to exist, is basically mm. what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm only saying that because we have to reconcile why, is there, why are there big churches while there are churches still around in cities that are going to crap? It's a rescue mission a yard from hell. Mm. It's really what it is. And so tomorrow's not promised, every man here. That's, that's kind of how this goes. All right, people, that was the first half of the first installment of the first ever Jesus and Beers, recorded August 29, 2022, a time when kings went off to war. Listen, in case you're wondering why we did this, I don't know. Why aren't you? Men gathered to have church at a gun range with beer and whiskey flowing? Serious conversation? Oh, it sounds horrible. That's the worst. To be honest, the first reason that we did this is because God told us to. Literally, the second reason we have to lead by example, and the third, because the men have to gather. God doesn't have time for religious politics or pageantry, neither should we. In case you haven't noticed a dumpster fire happening outside, time is a luxury we can't afford, but thankfully, beer still is. We have to gather. We have to get out of our own way. God is trying to talk to each one of us individually, but also corporately. The men have to gather and be prepared for what's coming. If God's talking to you, it's time to respond. Visit us online, www.forth.watch, F-O-U-R-T-H W-A-T-C-H, as well as on social media, at fifth.horse or at fourth.watch. And if you find yourself with time on YouTube, go ahead and like and subscribe. Next episode coming out next week. God bless and Godspeed.